Hello there, I'm Tim and he's John and this is How to Murder Time, a podcast about games and things. Hello everybody. Watcha. It's another week. It is. More games we played, games yeah. have actually been played. Did you see the match last night? It was tragic the way we were cheated. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was always going to be a game of two halves, but we gave it 125%. And, but, you know, it was always going to be challenging facing a 3-4-3-4-4-3 three, four, three, four, four, three formation. So, you know, I think I think my boy's done good. Can I talk about random motor racing instead? Because I actually saw that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to be good in the final. It was going to be great. Actually, that's happening right now, isn't it? The actual World Cup final, I think. I love that you keep dating stuff. Yeah, I know. It's good. Yeah. It doesn't go out for a they week and a half. They don't think this is live. Yeah, but it's a week and a half till this goes out. We don't know who's going to win the World Cup. Oh, okay. We do know that Sam Bird didn't win the Formula E Championship, though. There was other sport as well, and, and something with tennis too. And I watched none of it, because I really don't care. It's great. I I am totally disconnected from society and things. But we it's... don't know who won the German Grand Prix. Right, okay. Good. I think that's next. Shall we uh, totter back onto something with which you can speak with a small amount of authority? <laughs> Any ideas? Uh, let's talk about computer games. I am going to talk... I'm going to do what we're playing, Static Group Roundup. Oh, OK. It's been at least a month, probably, or something. Last last we heard you were saying that you weren't playing anything because you hated everyone and wanted more free time. Um, that's not strictly true. That's not entirely what I you said. You're paraphrasing somewhat. Um, no, no, we've still got stuff going on during the week. We have Factorio on the Tuesdays. Yes. Uh, so Candles uh, hosted the server there for us, and we're all chipping away. At now, we're going from a baseline of this game is getting out of hand. It is pretty... Yeah, he, he posts the occasional map on the Slack channel so you can see how it uh, the base is expanding and going, going mad. It's like the most insane game of tower defence Starcraft ever, really. It mm. just goes and goes. So we're currently... See, that, I think the point of it all is to try and launch something into space, a satellite into space, or launch a rocket to get off the planet you crashed on. That's the sort of overall okay. story of Factorio, such that it exists. Um, I quite like the idea of having to uh, scratch build an entire space program <laughs> from first principles. Yeah, pretty much. You start with like a, a coal-fed uh, mining drill <laughs> thing on a, on a field of iron ore, and away you go. Next thing you know, there's trains running everywhere. It's turned into kind of transport tycoon yeah. in our world now. Um so the problem is that you you research more and more advanced technologies to get that all the way up the tech tree, yeah. at the top of which is launching rockets into space, which is fine. Um, but each successive technology requires more and more science packs of varying different colours, and each of those requires different materials to make. And so you assemble those in a factory and then shove it into a lab and that does science, and you yeah. end up with progress on the research bar, which is fine. But obviously the more and more technologies you get down the tree, the bigger those, the more, more the research packs you need, so the more materials the whole sort of you know pyramid feeding into science at the top gets wider and wider at the bottom and yeah. start, suddenly you're starting to need superhuman levels of automation and massive massive mining operations and mass production just to get the thing done in any kind of reasonable time so we find that you need to then find more and more raw materials which come in the form of coal coal uh, iron ore and copper ore and stone uh, and oil as well, oil patches that you put oil wells on, and they they deplete. So yeah. you use them up as you feed the feed the all into your base to develop things, to make stuff, and to do science. So you have to keep going further and further and further to find more and more materials. And the map, I guess, it's a sort of generates it as you go off the edge type thing. Some, How big somewhat, is the map? I don't know. Is I, it finite? I don't know if it's Are you going to run out of resources because you weren't efficient enough on day one? I don't think so. And as far as I can tell, Candle was explaining how it works, and he's basically saying that the further away you go from the start point, 
the bigger the resource beds get. Oh, okay. So it kind of scales as you as your yeah. sort of massive territorial ambitions expand as well, which is good. Of course, uh, the the number of griblies that are occupying these areas that gets bigger and more powerful as well. They they tend to gear up in terms in more or less approximate to your own abilities. So as you develop yeah, armor piercing bullets or flamethrowers or whatever or exploding tank shells they start to go they start to become sort of move up through red to blue to green variants which have like insane damage reduction so and really high so if you were to damage. say not upgrade your weapons yeah well they're triggered by pollution which comes off of all of your stuff so oh, it's okay. all entirely a self-inflicted problem yeah. but you know the, the bigger the bigger our massive production gets and the larger our area the, the more insane the the hostile native response gets as well so that gets quite challenging so usually we have votes for cake out uh, charging around in his tank um, with <laughs> with a variety of insane weapons that we've sort of uh, we as a kind of back back end development uh, Q's laboratory you could keep coming up with to, to furnish him with it's yeah it's it's developed a kind of a momentum of its own now I mean we've we had we did initially come up with this fantastic sort of um, main bus idea. So you have these little conveyor belts with things on them that mm. take from one place to another. And we thought, how about just a massive band of belts with all the different stuff on each belt, and then you can just pull off splitters to go to different yeah. subsections. It was all very meticulous and orderly, but it's just not up to the job now. You've discovered the first rule of bandwidth. Bandwidth is a thing, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can upgrade your little conveyor belts from yellow to red versions to blue versions, and they're faster and faster versions, so stuff gets around at a quicker rate. But it's all about bandwidth and throughput and it, it absolutely is you know circuit design and process design for entertainment which is just an odd thing in general really but um yeah so what we're now having to do now we're finding we're, we're relying much more on the trains they have a full, full fully functioning train system in their tracks engines ca cargo do, wagons and so on all sorts of different signals and points um so do the can... cargo wagons hmm. hold more than one unit per physical item um yeah Do they save you lots of space you, you, well yeah they, they, they have a number of everything's in stack sizes yeah. which is the same either if it's your own inventory or, or a chest on the ground or a cargo wagon so they'll take a stacks of things but the cargo wagons have a lot of spots yeah. and stacks yeah and you can put different things in each spot for each stack although often we tend to just dedicate entire four carry four cargo wagon trains to shuttling ore and things about because that's the sort of thing we need with two engines on each one and so now we have this uh, I tell you what I'm scared of trains because yeah. Well, the trains, they go quite fast. They have a certain degree of inertia and mass and do quite kinetic damage if you're stood in front of them on the tracks. It's one of the well-known things. Yes, trains yes. Are well -known. trains are dangerous. I've been killed more times by trains than by alien griblies. That does not surprise me at no, all. No, no. I mean, and that's not even including the times where I sort of forget where I am and open my inventory to have a rummage around when I'm stood on a train track. Yeah, that, the, the yeah, trains yeah. move pretty fast. And, of course, you're zoomed in at a character-based level. You don't really get to see them coming until it's too late. So it, it's crossing the tracks is a bit of a... a, bit of a of a gamble generally but certainly running along the tracks is a bad idea no bridges although we did no there's no i'd love to see tunnels for trains that you can put conveyor belts under the ground yeah. and up just so that you can do, do the wiring a bit better but, but no there's no there's no over or under trains and no pedestrian bridges or level crossings or anything like that you just have to <laughs> leg it and hope for the best um but yes i think we did find a link to a fantastic reddit thread which they've done science and they worked out that so your little guy can build various suits of armor as well and yeah. that goes up to power armor which itself has internal sockets and you can put widgets and gadgets okay. and things in there some of those so we reckon that according to this reddit thread if you put six mark three 
force fields in your power armor, you can withstand a hit from a train. Oh, yes. I don't know if the train survives or not, but uh, we haven't done that. Actually, we haven't tested this science yet. yet. But, uh, yeah, exactly. It's been tempting, but no. Mostly, I've gone and put exoskeleton legs in my uh, power armor, and you can stack those. So I've got six sets of those, and I run. I so run, you're just really tall. I, no, I run about the same speed as a train now. Okay, nearly. <laughs> but well, not quite as fast. So what we've what I've decided to do is try and conquer my fear of trains, and uh, I've developed started building passenger platforms because we've got all these depots where they load we, we yeah. load and unload stuff to go off to different sort of subsidiary factories because that's the point the, this whole bus system and a centralized base just not working anymore we've got far too much stuff and needed yeah. in such great rates that what we're now having to do is actually build entire manufacturing plants out in the wilds in these vast you need, areas you need a modular with, approach yes yes so it's a vast vast wilderness that we've cleared inside these ever ever expanding perimeter wall with sentry guns around it and once you've cleared out the insides they don't respawn inside um so we've got lots of empty space so we're starting to build a whole massive factories that will just take say plastic green circuits and the other thing um copper wire i think and they and and turn that all into red circuits and then that just goes to another train station platform and that train can be rerouted off to wherever the red circuits are needed next so and by sort of pulling it all apart and modular you know distributing out across our massive industrial empire we start we get we're able to put in a great deal more capacity and throughput for everything but of course it's it's all predicated on the raw materials being there and we are starting to consume entire you know one million units of copper ore in in i don't know perhaps two or three sessions you know we'll run past <laughs> it and think oh hang on there's all these mining mining machinery just sat there doing nothing nothing there anymore we've eaten it all so yeah it's 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 a sort of momentum you get pulled into this sort of headlong acquisition and and ultimately at the end of it presumably we have enough science research to uh, have ticked off the task and won but it, i don't know where that ends and i don't know if i mean i've certainly never seen it before this is my furthest go i've had a brief go at it in the mm. single player world but you know this i played it a long <clears> time ago yeah but this is yeah definitely well into my furthest i've ever seen it going on um yeah so we're currently researching atomic bombs that'll end well yes yes i know i don't know what the next research will be done but the one after that will be be, be into sticks and stones again i suppose but yeah but yeah so i don't know how practical that is we've already got artillery which is fantastic so you've got these like you can have point defense turrets you load you load bullets into and they daka 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 sentry guns on the edges they yeah. automatically it becomes a massive tower defense game in some ways and then you can upgrade that to lasers they don't need bullets you just connect them to the electricity grid and they'll choo 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 pew pew and they'll, they'll shoot stuff down then you've got flamethrowers as well they need the fuel delivery which is a bit more complicated, but you've got these artilleries, which are you know, massive sort of, you know, field guns that yeah. can hit, like, well, you know, I don't know. I, I'm totally adrift with scale on that map, but they can certainly hit, uh, I don't know, what looks to be about half a mile to a mile away. Okay. Yeah, so as long as you've got radar coverage, these things will just start automatically lobbing yeah. shells like, halfway across the map. Probably if they aim for enemy buildings, the, the aliens have got these, like, gribbly, like, Starcraft-style production buildings yeah. as well as the actual creatures. And they'll hit the buildings and destroy them, at which point all the aliens that are swarming around it will go, right, and they just can't make a beeline directly for the nearest base wall. So that gets a bit hectic sometimes when you've n- nuked a particularly large group <laughs> of them. But yeah, so, I, you know, we've settled into a bit of a pattern, a bit of a routine now. We've got the... Uh, it's, it's all about the train system now as the main sort of... main sort of bus i suppose main way of getting stuff around i imagine it is turning into transport tycoon you know we've got materials need to go from here to here and it's the ratios of trains now rather than how many 
conveyor belts running in parallel do we need to and how many furnaces to melt and keep on top of it all it's a real game of absolute optimization about you know the ratios of things you know so how many mining machines do we need per furnace and how many furnaces do we need per factory to make these things and how many of these things going to make that and the idea of tweaking things and increasing production in some area and then seeing where the bottleneck is next and then you know making sure you've got enough trains running backwards and forwards yeah. to keep it all running and there's real satisfaction in sort of getting that elegantly set up getting those ratios running smoothly but of course it never stays it never it's not a you solve it once and it's finished because the it all hangs off of incoming iron ore and copper ore and whatever in the yeah. first place and those run out so yeah you then have to go off and start again you know and then that changes the ratios again you might but then i suppose it's, it's the problem is not it's not it's not a problem to have too much capacity making you know for making things but it's just keeping it all supplied it's going to be the challenge going forward i think we're constantly having to expand the base having to clear the stuff out and to go out in sorties with the tanks yeah. mind you we're finding that our um our personal exosuits with the running running mods and the, the guns we used are a bit more yeah as at least as powerful if not more powerful than the tanks so i didn't like the cars the cars the cars are there for transport but they're really really clunky to drive and they they damage things when you hit things with them a lot and um yeah they're not not very responsive at all the tanks are a similar sort of kind of driving model because this whole thing's 2d top down sprites yeah, and yeah. things anyway but the tanks are similar but they, you've got obviously bigger guns in them but i don't know we find we do well just running around with super maxed out power armor all full of widgets and um doing it all on foot really and uh, artillery of course i quite enjoy dropping artillery around on people um not not on purpose but uh, i like to help see you yeah know? so i tend to fire field guns into melee sometimes which <laughs> i'm not sure how things are going to work once we've got nukes on the you go you like to feel involved yes yes ideally from about a quarter of a mile away yeah. with some sort of binoculars really it's my position on a battlefield. Um, yeah, but then... We'll don't need a spotter because you're more than capable of seeing the explosion. <laughs> you just lay... Well, you don't need a spot. You just lay down fire on the entire horizon and yeah. get to catch something. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting once we've got the, uh, the atom bombs ready to go. And uh, I don't know. We, we must be running out of technology soon. We can't be that far away from getting the rocket stuff and the silos mm. and all this that on the go. So I don't know how much longer we've got on this particular... Well, I mean, we enjoy the camaraderie of it all and stuff, but... It is. It is, it does feel to me like a a, a, a task with a specific victory condition yeah. and end, you know. And then after that, I don't know what we'll perhaps we start again. Perhaps we'll play something. Do it properly different. this time. <laughs> Do it properly this time. Uh, yes, yes. I think we all learned valuable lessons there. Rail chain signals going in. Normal rail signals going out. I'm very bad at designing railway junctions. Um, it's it's okay. It doesn't cause. I don't cause. My, my problem is I put the wrong signals everywhere and then the train will just sit at the station going, no path, no path, no path, it can't go. Yeah. I, I've, I've yet to cause a situation where two trains just go slamming head on into each other. Um, so You know, you just cause a situation where none of your resources none, get delivered. Nothing works anymore. It's all locked up, <laughs> yeah. So candle has to keep running through and uh, fixing my signals and stuff. So, yeah, it's... Um, it's good, very good though. I mean, it's a weird sort of gaming session. It's, it's not like um, you know, sort of working in a dun, you know, going through a dungeon in a normal MMO or something. There's, there's long periods of involved, intense, companionable silence as everyone's getting on <laughs> designing their stuff because it, it is very cerebral. You, you're thinking about how you're laying stuff out. You're trying to work, wire stuff up, get it all working together, and it's it's quite a mental exercise. It is a puzzle game in a way, as, as much as it is any kind of RTS or you know, Minecraft yeah. like. So this does sort of lead to long periods of everyone just quietly thinking and getting on with stuff. Yeah, we'll chat, hit chat as well. But it's not that sort of constant natter natter. Now go do this, do that, do that. You get in a sort of 
playthrough of a dungeon or a Warframe or something like that. So yeah, it's not an unusual gaming experience, but uh, I like it. It's rewarding, and and every so often you sort of zoom out on the map and you look at what we've done in you know not that many weeks really, and it's my God, look at all this. But yeah, automation. It is a game about automation, which you, it, it doesn't immediately come across to begin with. You sort of you know carrying stuff from one place to another, and you're thinking, oh, this is a bit tedious. Well, yes, <laughs> <laughs> you're not really meant to do it like that. Once you've unlocked the relevant technologies, you know, little grabby arms and the wiring that lets you count do. You can do some sophisticated stuff with counting quotas of amounts of items and t- turning things on and off based on the amount of things you have so you can avoid wastage, that sort of thing. I don't really understand those things too much, but there's a kind of logic system to it as well. You can add switches and gates mm. and decision-making to the little grabby arms and conveyor belts as well so that it doesn't just automatically run until it runs out of stuff. You can have them turn off and on based on certain conditions or related boxes or whatever. So, yeah, there's a real in-depth and elaborate thing to the whole thing. I'm looking forward to seeing the end, though. I imagine the, the final cutscene is going to be amazing. Um, <laughs> yes. It's not really a story-based <laughs> no. game, no. No, you just get to the end and go, yes, you've done it, and you go, oh, OK. They may not even do that. Probably not, no, I don't know. But, um, yeah, so once we've got those, got to, got the rocket, I don't know how much longer we've got to go. Or, I mean, some of these last technologies are really hungry in terms of very advanced science, which needs a lot of subcombines. So there's a lot of infrastructure to build yet, a lot of uh, expansion and territory to do, a lot of bugs to splatter. So, yeah, lots going on in there. So, yeah, that's Factoria. Do you want to talk about anything? I'm going to talk about a game, uh, Danger Zone 2. Danger Zone 2. Do you remember Danger Zone? Uh, no. It is the game by some of the people who, that what did make Burnout, who left and made their own company to make games that are a bit like Burnout. Oh, OK. And it was set in an underground testing environment with Crash oh, Junction. yes, I remember talking about And it managed to completely fail to capture the spirit of Burnout. Yeah, yeah, a sort of sanitised health and safety, careful now, version of Burnout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is their next game, yeah. uh, and part of their stated goal to get to dangerous driving which is their ultimate game which is to be a full burnout type burnout game. paradise remake. no just a burnout three oh, okay. because that being mm. more crashy right and so this one is outside mm-hmm. in various locales across the world and you have to drive to the crash junctions now and do a bit of racing to get there okay so on the your way there you might have to get uh um as in the other burnouts, we have some cars when you're on your boost, when it gets to the end, if you manage to burn it all the way down, it automatically replenishes. You may have to have that happen four times, or you might have to take out uh, X number of caravans or mm. vans or just yeah. a, that number of cars, mm. and that will give you a bonus when you arrive. Right. And then when you get there, you just got the normal crash junction. And you get there, everything crashes, lots of stuff happens, and then you get a score at the end, and then get a rating, and you go on a, um, uh, a leaderboard, and then the next level starts. And that's the entire game. Okay. See, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that I probably don't like that. I don't like the idea, because for me, the whole point of Crash Junctions was start, go, do it. And, and that, the- that of, now I need to try again to see if I can bet my score, and it's yeah. that immediacy, do it. Do it, and this this whole yes. idea of like a two three minute yeah. normal street race Spot to on. get there the, sounds the, really the, the trying to get there is really disruptive. Also, they got rid of the flyover. The flyover, and you know the, where you it goes over and it shows you the junction to start with. Oh yes, yes. you don't get that now. Oh, so you're going in so blind. So you, you're turning in blind. You've got a, a couple of minute drive to get there, and or a minute drive to get there, like, what, and then uh, you what? get there and you don't know what you're meant to do. You don't know where you're meant to go or whatever. Yeah, and yeah, this is not a good improvement. Oh dear. No. Um, mm. 
the scope of the game's bigger and the scope of the game's long the right way. But the does this feel like a tech demo? prototype perhaps or some sort of burnout paradise type of no, it, it feels like the next step into burnout 3 and mm. that, you know they have said the next game will be the full one mm. but and that they've been very upfront about the fact that what they're doing is they're funding the full game is, by yeah, doing I, chunk by chunk that's my next uh, question was is it, yeah is it a kickstarty thing is it no is it no, it, no it's not crowdfunding okay. it's they're funding it by just ramping up the game okay. and this is a lot closer but the physics are still wrong yeah. It doesn't feel right. The cars don't feel heavy enough. How do they get that wrong? That must be a solved problem from the first games. The first I, games were spot on. Yeah, I know, and I can't explain the what The original it, Burnout games, did they just not have access to the source code? Was it different no, people? They, they, it's been well, a long time. Some of the same people. They don't have any access to the source code legally. Yeah. Because that's still owned so by EA. No one knows how they did it in the first place. Well, they can probably remember, but... Yeah. And you, then again, you're also working on a different engine. You're using the physics engine in uh, Unreal instead of using their own engine that they've designed. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, the, the car you you're going along, you'll check traffic, and it'll just go spinning off like it weighs nothing, oh, and then take out other cars, and then you get to the end crash, and it doesn't feel chunky or crunchy. It just feels like things touching each other. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it just I don't know they they missed the core of the game somehow. Oh, that's really disappointing because Burnout was a really sort of special kind of formula. Yeah. It really came together well. What makes it worse is I've also been playing the um, re-released uh, Burnout Paradise. Yeah. Uh, which you know, that they uh, released on the more modern uh, consoles, um, okay. and yeah, you you play that and well, but that's that. different again. I mean, you know, that, that was a fantastic game, but for other reasons. I mean, the the Showtime thing in yeah. Burnout Paradise I'll, was terrible. Yeah, that that was ter- there, there was no real crash. This is better than the, the Showtime thing in yeah. Paradise. Yeah, but the, the way the cars felt while driving them, and when they crashed, and oh, the yeah, yeah. bits going everywhere, and, yeah. you, know, you, you compare the two, and it's just not close. Well, yeah, that's a that's a disappointment. It is. It's a massive disappointment, and it's a real shame that they. they it, it's a shame they're making the full game next because I don't think they've solved the initial problem. I think they're ready. No, yeah. I don't think. I think that the next game isn't going to be that good because well, they have Maybe there'll be feedback from all this. This uh, yeah. Danger Zone Two thing. Well, but they probably have the same feedback from Danger Zone One and. Mm. And they haven't done anything about it. All they've done is take out. <laughs> we have listened to what you've said, and we are going to ignore you. Okay. Well, it seems like what they've done is they've okay. They've solved a couple of the problems. You know, they moved it outside, made it a bit more. But then you know they got rid of the flyovers, so each crash junction is a. I, I'm going in blind. I don't care. Yeah, just whatever. Yeah, yeah. but but uh, yeah, and, and at yet, the end, there's no flyover at the end either. So, so you don't is, know is, where the is there a correct or optimal solution to the junction, or is it just here's a, here's a junction at the end of your race, just you know, crash, do it? Oh, like. there's a high score, so there, yeah, there must yeah. be a, a proper way to do it, but it's so much harder to spot what it is now. Because in it, the original Burnout games, there was a very optimal. I'm not sure. Sometimes you hit it, sometimes you get the super duper score and everything, but because all the traffic coming in came in yeah. at particular times, it was always the <coughs> same specific vehicle. Oh, it every seems time to still do that. In. So that suggests that there is a known specific, yeah, but perfect route. Through. Now there's no way of telling beforehand no where they're going to come, and afterwards or you've afterwards. got no idea where they were. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, that could be passed off as increasing the challenge of the puzzle element of it, I suppose. But this, this diminishing the challenge. Of, well, diminishing to the puzzle. Slap this this street race on the front of it as well, because that was always the, the. You really with the original Burnout games, you really wanted to get straight back in it and have another yeah. go, have another go, yeah. have another go, get right in. You know, often some some of the some of the junctions in the original game, the lead-in was a bit too long. I always thought, you know, you'd have to sort of drive for oh at least thirty seconds yeah. before you hit the hit the stuff. 
But yeah, if you're, if you're essentially it's a kind of explodey physics sandbox toy. You don't really want to have this weird racing thing stacked. Yeah, unless that there was just them trying to develop literally develop and design a bit of a racing game anyway well, while because at it. when they go to the next one it's yeah. going to have full race modes because yeah, it won't yeah. just be the crash options yeah. it, and but even so I don't the actual racing doesn't feel chunky enough to cover that bit either so mm. yeah yeah okay well that's a bit of a disappointment it is rather yeah um, so yeah, carrying on through the week, uh, we're still playing Warframe. I, I'm, I'm amazed at how I've fallen for this game. I really, I really enjoying it a lot. And it's not. I got free really, for Warframe. Not really. Yeah, they give out free things all the, all the time. You just link your Twitch account yeah, to their exactly. thing. You get some stuff. You you do this, that, and the other. You get some stuff. I think there was an Amazon Prime Day thing. Yeah, that's what I was, got. yeah. I, I don't know. What's that? Skin. I think that's a a skin for your your landing craft your little, little jet fighter attack thing yeah so i mean it's i it, it was just a bit of free to play fluff that i saw an interesting news article about and thought oh, i'll have a look at this i'll have a look at this and i've just become basically hooked i spend quite a bit of money on the uh, the platinum currency in there nowadays you know, I mean, they quite often, so every day you get the login rewards, as, yeah. as you do in pretty much every one of these games these days. And sometimes that login reward will be 75% off your the cash shop currency for 24 hours. And I think, okay, well, yeah. okay, so yeah. I'll just save, I just save, <laughs> uh, save my purchases until one of those comes up, really. And then I, I, I mean, I, you know, buy four times as much as I normally would. So I pay them the same as I was going to anyway. But, you know, like five, five, five quid here or there, and that lasts me for, you know, a good couple of months. Yeah. So it's, it's still a lot better value than a subscription game. And I just find myself really really enjoying the basic moment-to-moment gameplay, which apparently is my new catchphrase, moment-to-moment gameplay. Um, yeah, so, I mean, just the business of going down the corridors, shooting people with a variety of interesting and funky weapons and, and or stabbing them with ninja saws and the crazy, crazy parkour. I've never played any game with such fluidity of movement. I mean, you know, even the, the, the well-done Assassin's Creed games. You need games. to try Titanfall. Okay, yeah. Is that available on PC? I thought it was a yes. console thing. Okay. Cool. Titanfall 2 is at least I can't remember the first mm, one. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, yeah, even, even games where ostensibly it is about the parkour, things like the Assassin's yeah. Creed games or Prototype or. or, or yeah, they're still not. It's just nothing compared to this because, you know, you, you, these warframes exceed and transcend normal human motion because of various plot reasons about what they are and how they work and so on. But they've really managed to make it feel like a satisfying game where you feel pleased at running well pleased at, at, at you know melee 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 you know running yeah. through a room yeah. ninja stab 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 and you can do that and it works and you feel awesome coming out the end of it you know the, the ability to exercise your gaming skill in a satisfying manner at the end of it all come out the end and thinking wow i didn't think we'd do that the co-op's really good it's four player you know okay fine you know so yeah. what happens if there's five of you that's always going to be a problem yeah. in most places i suppose but i mean have we, less friends yeah exactly but we we take turns whatever you know i mean there's usually roughly four of us on when we play so we do the co-op stuff and that lets us help each other through some of the more difficult missions there's a bit of a difficulty curve to it but there are a lot of tools available to to approach the problems with it meant mostly the warframes themselves yeah. each of them is essentially a, a a class with specific abilities and also different characteristics some are fast some are tanky so you can find a tool to do the job a couple of them fly or teleport you know i mean so you know there's there's different ways and means to get around some a lot of the tricky problems a lot of the store 
some of the story-based stuff gets quite complicated and tricksy and hard to deal with, but you you learn and there are tools there to be able to do it. So I found some of the stuff difficult, but I found nothing impossible so far. Um, yeah, so they um, we've I've got to I've, I've done all the story missions now, all the quests in there that are available now, you won them. including the sacrifice, which is the most recent large content drop. Their business with Umbra, the, the Umbra Warframe, and so on, um, and that was really good. The stories quite really really quite fascinating actually, quite interesting and quite oh you know sort of twists and turns, big massive sort of post-human sci-fi space opera thing going on there, and this from a game that didn't really have any story for the first two or three years yeah. it's like i learned an interesting fact the other day uh warframe is in beta is it <laughs> apparently <laughs> apparently what year did it, it release it hasn't technically released <laughs> and I, I i did a bit of digging around on this and this is something that the the digital extremes is the company that make it they they've they've said that you know well we don't we're not going to release it because we're still changing things about and they do they sort of mix things up and they pull they, they they try whole new gameplay modes that that you know with lesser or greater success and, and and it's astonishing that something this polished and this you know functional and popular i think it's number four game on steam at the moment these days is is yeah is you know effectively still well it's not early access it's a beta i mean i don't know what the distinction is between any of this stuff anymore but it's it's not farming for whales to try and keep it get itself to a launch state it's well and truly out there they had their big Tenocon thing. Um, it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's like third or fourth year of this in a row, hugely popular. I think somewhere in Canada they do this. The big convention centre, lots of goodies and freebies and handouts and stuff. And they d- during this, they did the big announcement for what's coming up. And yeah, I don't normally care, to be honest. Oh, you've been drawn in. I've been drawn in a bit, yeah. I'm not quite looking forward to the things that are coming uh-huh. for Warframe. So we've got, we got uh, some hoverboard thing that looked awesome. So they got the big thing was Fortuna, which is going to be... Uh, so Planes of Eidolon you may have heard me talking about which essentially was their first large-scale outdoor open world type yeah. space because normally it's all running down corridors in installations and spaceships uh, quite quite a claustrophobic experience I suppose but but they added a, a big go outside and, and wander around the planes free roaming shooting stuff it's almost you know a, a landscape not probably not quite as big as Skyrim but you know we're talking a couple of miles across yeah. with horizons and suddenly the warframes that can fly and the warfra- and the, the sniper rifles with 12 times zoom tend to suddenly shine all of a sudden but um but yeah so that that was then there was a whole load of new story to go with that new types of monsters and that sort of thing new new rep grinds and new little outposts and stuff and that was all quite interesting quite well received i think they added fishing and mining during that one so now it's a proper mmo yeah um but yes so now the next one but that's all set on earth now there are all the planets of the solar system to go the next one's going to be set on venus it's apparently an ice world I know, this is like tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of years into the future, after a number of post-human super, super technology ancients have been and gone, okay. including the Orokin, who are the sort of the predecessors to the current age, and they, they left behind all kinds of crazy artefacts, and, and that, some of which involve some quite insane terraforming. There's a massive ocean on uh, Uranus, so... You know, um, and uh, the, uh, you, yeah, there's just uh, half the planets on the solar system don't resemble anything like what we know them to look like. Ancient ruins on Mars, of course. Yeah, of um, course. but yes, yeah, Fortuna is this mass. They're, so they're adding a huge landscape that's about four or five times the size of the planes of Eidolon, uh, including giant spider mechs that you have to sort of find stomping around cool. the landscape and try and chase down and attack and stuff. It's going to be a corpus themed uh, outdoor world. The, the planes of Eidolon was Grenier. Uh, and there's a whole new faction of sort of cybernetic uh, indentured uh, slaves that are 
sort of forming work gangs and trying to fight for their own, you know, fight for reasons. A bit of a red faction vibe to it all, I think. Um, so you got hoverboards. They got something called Railjack, which I think is where your squad of four can use a spaceship to attack other spaceships, and then some of you become a boarding party using the archwing things. It sounds really complicated and quite cool. Uh, whether it's a good idea or not in practice, as we'll, <laughs> we'll have to see. Um, but yeah, there's going to be. I think they're adding the customizable Zor type system, but for secondary sidearms instead of just the melee, which exists yeah. on planes of Eidolon. Basically, that's where you can mix and match a, a hilt, a blade, and a widget, and define weapons based on the kind of stats you like, which instead of just, you know, seeing blueprints for weapons and trying them and seeing if they're not good or not. So those are coming as well. There's, there's just a real sense that it's it's a real, you know, it's a game on its ascendancy yeah. still. I mean, it's sort of languished for a number of years as a sort of, oh, that thing, you know, a bit of an also-ran, yeah, yeah. you know, nothing corridor shooter, but it seems to have really picked up, I think probably since Planes of Eidolon, really. It's sort of gaining quite a bit of interest and traction. Well, it's ever since they uh, decided that if they tried something new with the community, maybe it would work better. Mm. And it's worked better. Yeah, they're very open, they're very transparent, they, they seem to have a lot of goodwill. I mean, occasionally, yeah, you're, every 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 MMO gets its fair share of bitter vets who've left and then just want to dump on it. But I think most most cases, people seem to enjoy what's going on there. They like they like what's what's being presented. They seem to pretty really get the cash shot well. They 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 give you a lot for your money. They give you a lot for free, to be yeah. honest. You, the cash shop is mostly... I think the only thing you would need to spend money is to open more slots for Warframes and, and weapons. Um, that's just to let you have more than one of them at once. If you didn't want to spend any money, you can just delete Warframes when you're finished yeah. with them and then get new ones and, and carry on like that. And you can play for free for a very long time. Seems very reasonable. I'm, I'm such a fanboy nowadays. You are. Um, <laughs> but... I just, yeah, I, I just love just dipping in, pick a random mission, some of the alerts or whatever, work on some rep grind faction missions or whatever. But the missions themselves, the gunplay handles well, the melee's fantastic, and, and that parkour, the, just the fluidity and freedom of movement of your characters. You're just jumping around, leaping around. And you know what? When you fall off a thing to your death, it just it just fades to black and puts you back on the ledge. You don't die. That's cool. I oh, know. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a design decision that reveals a lot about the yeah. philosophy of a game <laughs> studio, I think. What happens when I fall off this big crowd? Pass. Yeah, oh, dead, right, okay. Yeah, or Lotro, oh, no, well, your ankles break and you have to hobble for 20 minutes. Okay, right. Uh, no, just walk you back to the top, have another go, keep going. The jumpy puzzles, they do exist, but they're not that critical. I got my Valkyr Prime. So you got these these relics, which you get from various missions and sources of rewards. These are sealed relics that you need to then take on a relic mission, which is a normal mission, but during which you get special enemies te teleporting in through these big rifts that are all glowy. Uh, and if you kill enough of those, they drop some stuff and you get 10 of those things and then complete the normal mission you get to open the relic that you slotted at the start okay. of the mission and inside the relic the relics are their lock boxes basically yeah. but you don't actually spend any real money to open them you get them through gameplay and you open them through doing other gameplay inside those relics is a combination of bronze silver and gold rarity items you know common rare uncommon all that sort of thing and then if you get four of the matching set of an item you can put them together to make a thing and that's usually primes they're called they're like got very blinged up versions of existing weapons they typically don't have any significant gameplay advantage over the non-prime versions you get through normal gameplay but they do look quite fash uh, and i got the one i got valkyr prime sorted i got all the bits and built it because uh, valkyr is the warframe that i've my personal favorite it's an insane melee dps berserker type that has uh, a kind of toggle with enough energy and uh, you can use your number four power which makes you invulnerable Ooh. and then gives you a ton of extra buffs to doing melee damage so you can just go berserk literally and, 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 and also, hope that you finish it before you run out yes well you you whilst whilst in that mode damage you do heals you 
Yeah. <laughs> so it's literally feeding. Um, and I think if you finish that mode and there are enemies still around you, you take a health hit and you get yeah. quite damaged by that. So you have to make sure, yeah, you clear it, clear, find a clear space before you turn it off again or it runs out. Um, yeah, and it's got an AoE shout that speeds up your melee, you and all your team's melee attack speeds and slows the enemies down. Uh, it's got an AoE paralyzed burst uh, and also a ripcord wire thing that you can just fire and yank people yeah. towards you or yank yourself up to scenery with. Although I find you can jump higher than that normally, so not so useful. But I really like the Valkyrie one, and I'm just quite pleased I got the Prime one, the uh, the flashy with all the gold trim. So it's quite quite good. Um, yeah, I don't see a real end to it. I mean, uh, my 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 current goals in there, I suppose, is ticking off all the map pins. It's got that sort of constellation, you know, the, the solar yeah. system map, a bit like the Destiny one. Or possibly they had it first. I don't know. But each of those pins is a mission, yeah, uh, and some of the missions are harder than others, and some of them go off onto some sort of weird little side mechanics where you have to like accumulate tokens to progress that sort of thing. So there's there's lots more to do in there, which you know mostly dealing with the harder types of missions I might be hand with. But we're we, you know we, we we play fairly regularly a lot of nights of the week, and we help each other out get through these things. Um, but yeah, I think also just marking time till this Fortuna expansion comes. Apparently 2018, it's going to be this year sometime, so Ooh. yeah, not long to wait. So it should be good. Looking forward to that. Mm. So yeah, Warframe's still very much a thing at the moment. Um, yeah, I don't know when I'm going to get bored of that, really, at the moment. It just goes to show when, when the business of playing the game is, is, is quite fun, um, then, you know, staying interested in the game tends to be quite easy, mm. I find. Not really profound wisdom there, no. is it? No. Okay, over to you. I'm going to talk about Warhammer 40,000 Gladius. Gladius. It has more words to that name, but I yeah, can't be bothered yeah. to remember it. There's a couple it. of Warhammer 40,000 things I'm seeing in various yeah. Steam and Gog and stuff, coming soonsies and whatnot. Yeah, this one was released uh, very recently. Uh-huh. And imagine Civ. Uh, okay. Hex-based. Build a city. Yes, that was the one I was looking at. Some yeah. screenshots of. Yeah, Hexbase, build a city, make units, do stuff. Uh, don't expect to be diplomatic uh, winning this anytime <laughs> soon. Pacifist playthrough yeah. in 40k, yeah. <laughs> no idea. Uh, I played a couple of games of it. Yeah. Um, all of Space Marines. Yeah. Uh, basically, as Space Marines, you start, you have one city, because mm-hmm. you only have one city, so you can't build any it's more. It's drop stuff, is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you. Uh, uh, there are various spots around the map. You, if you stand on them, you capture them, which is different resources. And but you can put a um, fortress of redemption next to it, okay? Uh, which will basically give you some defenses for that thing. Mm. Um, we can only do so much of that because you need to have all the resources to be able to keep everything up, keep it, and of course that design carefully to stop you just going completely nuts and turtling in <laughs> the usual ills of civilization yeah. gameplay yeah so the, the, the uh most successful game i've had of it so far started the space marines uh it's got no clue what chapter you are okay all the artwork and everything and things people say yeah make you think that you're a um ultramarine but you're yeah, the wrong shade of blue you've got the wrong markings <laughs> and also you don't fit in the plot like that <laughs> Can you choose what chapter no. you want to be? No, I would have given it um, painting. Maybe that was a, an unrealised stretch goal or something. Yeah. Maybe they were designing it. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't expect any game where you are Space Marines. You should should feature a, a paint shop thing yeah. where you can paint up them to look like whichever your favourite chapter is. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, okay, Ultramarines again, yawn, whatever. I mean, you know, you can get away with that kind of thing in Space Marine because that's essentially a third-person story shooter where you're one guy. It doesn't really matter what chapter you are in that. And you happen to be Ultramarines, I suppose. But but if you're choosing a whole empire, yeah. essentially, yeah. Mm. 
So you start off, uh, you have a couple of tactical squads. Yeah. You send them out. You're wandering around slowly around the map, mm -hmm. discovering new things, yeah. uh, finding things, finding NPCs who want to kill you. There's a bunch of stuff straight out the Rogue Trader rulebook from yeah. back in the day, uh, like Ambles are in there, you know, yeah. the big splintery tough things. Mm -hmm. uh, these big floaty brain things who will take over your unit and they will be on their side then Just until like you kill them. Just things. I don't think there's a catchy. They were my favourite. Catchy and Devil, which is uh, Scorpion. All right. Uh, and Crew Hounds. Hmm. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in that very first edition 40k rulebook that's got thrown out over the years. Yeah. It was a real shame. <laughs> Back when they thought it was a role playing game. Yeah, and you continue wandering around the map until you fight, start finding your enemies. You, you basically expand out as you can, grabbing all the resources you want, putting uh, Forces of Redemptions next to all of the ones that you think you need some defences on. Um, building up as uh, a research tree as well. It's a familiar format, yeah. Yeah, so you you unlock you unlock assault marines, devastator marines, uh, scout bikes, land speeders, predators, vindicators, bronze working, all you expect, riding. and then you come up against the enemy. Right. And in the game I played uh, last night, um, I found the enemy, and the enemy first one I found was Astra Militarum. Um, Imperial Guard, as was. Oh, right. And they're uh, the enemy, are they? I thought they were on the same side as oh, it, it, mankind. There is only war. Oh, right, fair enough. Uh, and Have army, will fight. They were an easy enough thing to take down. They had a couple of squads of... Uh, they were probably heretics. ...troopers, uh, and you know, they, they got shot pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. The armoured sentinels gave me more work, and then I, I basically took some predators in and uh, destroyed their main city and that took out the civilization as you would expect predators for the win while i was doing that i got the notification that the orcs have been killed oh right which was interesting and <laughs> was a prelude to what was coming next yeah i think this game may have a slight balance problem because <laughs> then the necrons yeah finishing up their war of the orcs yeah. which they'd obviously easily won yeah uh, completely steamrolled on me right, and yep. just came in and completely wiped me off the map they're the ones that get new troops by killing enemies uh, well no they, they get they basically uh, oh no that's right they're the ones for whom there are an untold number of soldiers buried under every planet yeah. all, all time also they, they have repair protocols just... which they get up again uh, right yeah uh, and in this case one they're very very fast and some very very fast units uh, okay Two, they have insane uh, healing each turn mm -hmm. and three the AI is intelligent enough Oh, to have two clever, uh, two similar units and switch them in and out on each other. Ooh, don't see that a lot. No, clever. Do girl. you know why? Because it's unbeatable. Yes. <laughs> I is think... this the AI problem? Is this the computer game AI problem? Is it? Yeah. And this was the game where I turned the difficulty down a level from the first game, which I'm not going to talk about because that would be even worse. <laughs> yeah, I think Necrons may be a little bit out unbalanced, so um, I'm going to start playing okay. as Necrons. Well, how do you beat Necron? What's the Oh, well, I suppose it matters what they are in tabletop, does it? This is no, just, just shoot an, them, yeah. abstraction. So, usually just shoot mm. them. Oh, right. Um, yeah, well, go for them first before they build up, I suppose. Yeah, god, yeah, sounds sounds quite grim. Yeah, then, is that on purpose? Is that because it is just harshness in 40? I don't know. It's very possible that it is on purpose. It's also very possible that I just don't know how to kill them properly. Mm. It's also very possible that I'd overextended myself to take out the Astra Militarum force. And so uh, well, um, that's a problem, yeah. Because yeah. I had to fight my up the entire side of the map. Mm. And, and so I had all my resource points taken up there. Is this a campaign thing? 
Is it uh, going to be the same map each time you try it, or is no, it procedural? it seems to be so random. generate something? Yeah. Okay. Maybe you just got unlucky with placements and stuff. Yeah, so so I'd take up there. Take up the thing at the top, then he came from the side and just sort of thumped, steamrolled it. Lots and lots of fast units took out all of my resources in a turn. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's always the problem. The, the wider you expand, the harder it is yeah. to keep it all. So what I might start doing is something that which I've always done back in the day was I don't like that whole you fight a, a war and then... Um, Whoever, whoever didn't fight yeah. gets to storm whoever won. So yeah. I might just start doing one-on-ones. Um, well, yeah, presumably you can define the... Yeah, the, you can. Yeah, if you're so full control, you, you can say... or How many enemies are or there? Or I might just set one. the Necron AI to very, very, very easy. Not <laughs> <laughs> just tick the no Necrons box. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you can do that. You can, you More can, orcs, please. You can say all of the different things. Yeah, so yeah. Can, yeah, of course. Well, uh, I think probably one-on-one versus Necrons would, would be a good arena in which to learn how to fight them properly. Yeah. Then, you know, you don't have to worry about the first or time I you encounter them being... Or I just always play, against nec- uh, play as Necrons from now on. Well, yeah, if you can't beat them, join them, of course. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's a solution. Yeah. Mm. But it's a good game. I'm really enjoying it. It's it's um, one of those Slytherin uh, tactical how does, games. Um, yeah, how does actual um, fighting work? Because clearly it's a big strategic move stuff around a big country map thing. But yeah, when two armies meet, what happens? Is it dice rolls? Or do you actually go to a little grid with people moving about? No, it's you... not armies, it's units. Uh, one unit per hex. Okay. And so you'll... you'll so it's have... a sort of skirmish yeah. thing. You'll basically yeah. have a tank on one and a squad of troops on the other. Okay, and what happens when they meet? Is it just some dice rolls and someone's won and lost? Or does uh, an actual battle happen? No, they're just some dice rolls and oh, okay. some damage is caused. Okay. And... Um, it keeps it all at the... So it's purely yeah. strategic. You, your hit yeah. points, um, your attack damage, your armour and everything, and it all just works out how much it would have done. Okay, cool. So, yeah, it, it's really fun. It's quite enjoyable. Well, it does uh, look interesting, yeah. It... It's still not the tabletop version of 40k that I think somebody should make. No, but no. yeah, I, I, I keep telling, I keep saying tabletop simulator, getting there, getting yeah. a human opponent, just get somebody's modelled army and have a go in there. That's... But it's very good, and it's the closest to, it's the best wargamey type one of their games that I've played. I think mm. um, it's better than the Sanctus Reach one, which is very good, but um, still a bit. Uh, Square-based movement. Does the general gamey. standard of 40k tie-in games seem to be good at the moment? Then it, seems to be quite it a does actually. Decent, seems to be some yeah. decent stuff out there. There's some decent stuff coming out. No doubt, there's a bunch of dross coming very soon <laughs> because that's the way it works. But yeah, 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 it seems like a decent amount of good stuff from respected companies coming out because there was Marta. Because they were just sort of firing off that license in all directions for a while, weren't they? Yeah. Giving it to anyone who yeah. wanted to have a crack. Well, they still are. Yeah. yeah, Marta came out, which is by the people who made Van Helsing. Mm. And was very much on the lines of that, hmm. which yeah, that game was a little bit shallow in the end, and yeah. various hmm. things about it don't work. Like chat isn't switched on at the moment hmm. because they had to switch it off. Yeah. Um, so which makes trying to communicate, I'd say hello to people in the um, guild really hard. Hmm. Um, yeah, uh, and you got this, and you know there was a couple of others that have been recent, like um, Sanctus Reach and Space Wolf, things like that, which were all quite good. Hmm. So okay. I don't know. Uh, but then you had stuff like uh, Adeptus Titanicus, which was a bunch of dross. Mm-hmm. Uh, although they have been continuing to develop that and patch that, so I'd probably have a go and look. Because that just released far too early mm, okay. before they got any of the pieces ah, that I needed. Yeah, it doesn't do a game any favours. No. So yeah, I should probably have a look. Mm, cool. Uh, I'm going to talk about Lord of the Rings Online, which is my other big static thing at the moment. We're yeah. doing that on the Saturdays, actually, at the moment. Uh, and it's going all right. It's It was always going to be a big slog, a big job. I mean, yeah. I picked it as a kind of insane marathon-type 
bucket list challenge for myself and um, Malty and, and Nick Sawyer have come along for the ride as well. So uh, my condolences. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we, well, it's very difficult to make any serious progress at the moment because it's festival season again. It always it's, is. It's the summer festival at the moment. Is that the one with the jumping on? Uh, I know. I think that was that was the St Patrick's Day one, a Bull Roars festival or something. I don't know. There was one where you had to drink a load of beer that made the screen go wobbly and green, and then run along top of the fence. Yeah, that was a bit strange. No, so the summer festival. It's all about the party tree. It's about cooling down in the heat. There's um, that. there's all sorts of activities. You have to carry ice blocks like halfway across the shire, like like a post bag, um, to yeah. and avoid cats with flames over their heads. I, you yeah. know. Um, oh, they were in the summer earlier. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you have to deliver ice to the ice cream stand and then take the ice cream back. And you have to take out a bunch of heat waves, which are inexplicable flame monsters just running around the party field. Which Again, are, in the summer. Yeah, right? yeah, they're the ones that have a special attack which turns the entire screen white, which is always a bit of a struggle, especially for all everyone else standing around at the party field. <laughs> there's, um, there's find all the hidden objects around the Shire, you know, like baskets of cheese and stuff that go missing. There's kites. Kites is the thing these days. Um, go and find a load of crashed kites and collect them up fly some kites literally you run up to a kite on a pole and you, you fly it character stands there holding a string and there's a kite up in the sky and a you know, little little channeling bar appears and you do that five times you get a token interesting it's quite mundane and, and strangely soothing and therapeutic were kites featured in Lake Town I don't know I that, can't remember there was, there was an opening shot of a smog kite at the beginning of The Hobbit when, they, yeah. when the backstory yes. about the dragon turns up and this like dragon appears like an omen okay, so, we can so suddenly use, they're everywhere in Lord of the Rings we, yeah, online, we of can course. use Peter Jackson's um, I have actually got a silver dragon kite that I got during the uh, anniversary festival so so you get all your tokens for rinsing and repeating all this stuff around the show and it's just stupid little make busy chill out relax work they've got seasonal instants now I don't know if this is a thing they've done for other ones but there is a summer instance where there's some hobbits trying to find the ideal picnic spot, yeah. and there's a pony with all the picnic supplies on, and you basically take them across. A, and it's, it's the skirmish stuff. Um, only we don't get your skirmish soldier for this one, uh, and you have to take them halfway across the Shire, like you know, dealing with heatwave mirages, which are giant flaming giants and flaming tortoises and things. And so basically, it's an escort mission across the Shire to the far end, where they have a have a lovely picnic, which then gets eaten by a load of incoming beetles and mm. flies and stuff, and you have to chew them away. It's all very twee and all very. Uh, um, very very pleasant but actually quite hard work as well in terms yeah. <laughs> of basic combat gameplay mechanics uh, and they give out special token currency for doing those rinse and repeat and there's the normal summer tokens as well um, I might have got a bit involved um, you know my, my laser focus me. which is means I'm just yeah. going st- sticking to the story not doing side quests just going to get to the end no, no totally gone so um, I managed to earn enough tokens for three kites now so I've got huh? four in total I've decided kites are my thing I'm collecting them uh, they're basically cosmetic pets, and you can st- you stand there with a st- basically arm up string kite. It's like like a fishing line, you know, yeah. With a particle of the yeah, effect. Anyway, and so, can you wander around with them? Yes, or? yes, they're brilliant. You, only, you can use them; that you can keep. They stay up in combat as well, which is great. So we, now the next question, yeah. the obvious question: yeah. Have you say used them in mines? Yes. And they actually flutter lower in <laughs> underground spaces and indoors. So someone actually thought about this. It's fantastic. Anyway, so, yeah, I'm using that as a way for the other two to find me when I go off herring across the fields to, on my usual blood-crazed, I am some kind of wrath elf. I think I'm very much the sort of uh, 40k dark elf style of aesthetics where I'm coming from with my character these days. I will just murder everything for, for, for the amusement and the sound of the screams, really. Um, you know, and sometimes people even pay me to kill yeah. ten of these things, so that's nice. Uh, yeah, so I've been doing a lot of festival stuff, 
and I got lots of kites and, and, and bits and bobs and I've got a house now because I got some furniture from an anniversary quest. So I thought I'd better get a house to put them in. Anyway, yeah, totally gold native. Anyway, so that, that stops today or tomorrow, 16th, the uh, 30th. By the time you watch this, basically, the summer festival will over. But don't worry, because in about two weeks, it'll be back for another four weeks. Because they do that. They just run yeah. all their festivals twice for some reason. I don't know, some encore thing. Like I said, I used to think it was because during one of these festivals, they had server troubles and people felt they were cheated out for some days of doing their token grind, so they ran it again as a thing. But now they seem to just do that all the time anyway. There's always another two-week one yeah. a bit later in the year. So opportunities to get more little tokens. Also, they've got... Um, uh, barter vendor people in there in which you who will exchange say summer tokens for spring tokens or for autumn tokens or whatever you oh, can basically yeah, yeah. Nice. so if you ended up getting like 30 or 40 tokens and then didn't get to spend them on anything or yeah. didn't like the look of anything just hang on to them uh, because when the next festival comes around you can exchange them for the current tokens so one you, for one um, I don't think it's one for one. No, I think you lose a few in the exchange. But but yeah, you, the tokens are useful carrying them around. Anyway, they just go nuts with their festivals, and that's not even including the player festivals. Things yeah. like you know, Weathertop Stock or whatever. You know, these little music festivals they put they put on and things. It's uh yeah, it is a silly place that doesn't seem to be taking the threat of Sauron covering the earth uh, entirely seriously. It very much reminds me of Guild Wars Two. I guess couldn't really concentrate in Guild Wars Two really because they present this massive world-threatening apocalypse. The all giant dragon going to destroy us all and then but don't worry about that here's two here's two weeks of chasing around the, the lion's arts ringing bells and stuff you know the whole mmo festival thing yeah. <laughs> it's okay in an mmo world which is utterly static and has no big threat and no ongoing yeah. ma major meta narrative but if you know there is a massive dragon about to destroy the world or you know a big flaming eye atop a tower wanting to cover the lands in darkness then it seems a bit bad to be just you know putting all that on hold and then going you know yeah. running around doing ice skating or, or or ringing bells or whatever you know but it's just a game and i think i probably take this kind of stuff a bit too seriously really anyway so the laser focus uh we are now in dunland dunland whatever um the the bit soft between furnishings. yes soft. yes that's exactly it yes um we uh, yeah so that we're on the 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 rise of isengard proper now Enidrath was a sort of freebie before the isengard expansion itself started which was the zone to the south and then from there it's across to isengard and the gap of rohan and so on and there's a whole load of stuff going on there we basically now are amongst the dunland tribes trying to sort of win hearts and minds and each of these is like the the stag clan the falcon clan the ox clan and so on and we're basically working our way around trying to convince them that hey that saruman guy he's not really a good guy you should probably not do what he says <laughs> so there's a lot of that and is and we're into this sort of weird design that they used for this expansion where they have quest hub quest hub quest hub fair enough you know usual the usual thing and referrals onward and lots of stuff to do when you get to each one but the main epic story leads you between each of these quest hubs as you do one or two tasks and then presents you with the thing when you feel you have helped enough move on to the next place <laughs> yeah exactly so it doesn't tell you to just ignore it and get on with the next thing it's it leaves it up to you to decide when you've done enough helping so you know with my laser focus we find ourselves helping doing absolutely every manual chore available and what seems to that seems to be the consequence of that is that we are I'm now level 75, which is the top end of the Isengard expansion, and we've just entered the first bit of it. So basically, we've out-leveled the expansion before we even set foot in there. Wow. Because we, the game provides you with far too much quest XP, basically. Yeah. If you do all the quests from start to finish, you'll way out-level the story and the, where the zones you're supposed to be in. You are, I think it assumes you're going to just think, oh, sod the Lone Lands again, or oh, I, don't, I, can't, I can't be bothered with the North Downs again. Let's just get on and do the, Let's just jump ahead three or four zones. And I don't know whether that's just a, a general content bloat 
they keep add, adding stuff skirmishes backfilling with extra stuff or or whether they designed that from the word go or whether the xp lever's been cranked a bit since uh, oh i tell you a part of it is that since i'm actually a subscriber you know vip member yeah. whatever you call it the rested xp oh yeah now I, I get that now whereas freebie plebs don't get that, yeah yeah it's makes, always a problem when you have the uh, and where do you pitch the progression yeah then? yeah for who for who should it should be that it should be, be aimed at. So, yeah, so we're finding that we're doing a lot of quests where we have to kill grey monsters or <laughs> green grey monsters that aren't really very challenging. And we're doing, we're, 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 there's three of us doing solo quests as well, which does tend to accelerate things along a bit. So we're making some reasonable progress through the content, but it's not terribly challenging. So I don't know. Maybe we should mix it up more with dungeons, scalable dungeons or skirmishes, which you can pick to always be on level, you know, yeah. um, just to just to keep it a bit more interesting every now and then but i don't really want to skip and you know the entire because i've got you know once i dinged level 75 you get an email through from someone down in rohan saying come and join us for the battle of whatever this that and the other basically you know they come you should be here now <laughs> message but the, to do if you follow that instructions you've got to you miss like a whole almost nearly an entire expansion's content which i really want to see mm. that's part of the reason i'm doing this so so Same i don't know turn xp off well, there's various. Yeah, you can buy a thing that lets you turn XP off. There's some stone of the turtle or something that lets you just stay in place XP so that friends can catch up. But um, yeah, that's that's a feature that is part of the UI and for free in EverQuest 2. You can yeah. right click the yeah. XP bar and say stop earning XP. Um, yeah, no, you have to buy that. I don't even know how much it is. It's probably quite a lot of standing stone points or whatever they call them nowadays. Uh, yeah, so, but level 75, that's my all-time highest. Yeah. That matches my original Guardian now, uh, and we've still got the whole of it. But in terms of progression, my Guardian got to the far end of all this Rise of Isengard, to the top of the Great River. So I, that's 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 still coming. I don't see any signs of slowing down, though. We're, we're, we're enjoying the camaraderie and the basic flow of gameplay on Saturdays. It's quite a relaxing sort of thing. So, yeah, still going there. I, I have no idea at what point. I mean, the end is not even Mordor anymore, because they added Lake Town and uh, Iron Hills and Lonely Mountain mountain and all that sort of northern mm. Mirkwood stuff so i want to see all that as well we'll, we'll, we'll keep going until we run out of current content and probably just stop and walk away i imagine yeah well i will anyway so yeah still going there still going with lotro and yeah it's quite, it's quite a pleasant experience but you know compared to the, the moment to moment gameplay take a drink um of, of something like warframe it's not terribly compelling no. <laughs> I, I, I i think my stubbornness would have kept me soloing up to now by now but it would have been a you know put on some audio books in the background or <laughs> catch up on podcasts whilst you know just grinding through it yeah or, but, you know, the epic story, I have to say, the Grey Company stuff, I've been through it once already, and it wasn't great that time around. It's a, it is a bit make-busy. Basically, you have a, an entire expansion where you don't follow the Fellowship, where you instead follow some some, some off-screen off stuff. Basically, the Grey Company are the rangers from the north who come down to meet Aragorn around the time he goes through the Paths of the Dead. Um after the Battle of Helm's Deep. I think they turn up for Helm's Deep, but there's only like a handful of them there, and only one of them actually has a name. So, so suddenly we get this whole bit of Lotro where you're following them on their journey down to the south and having all sorts of wacky problems and trials and tribulations along the way. And it's okay, but it's it's turbine all over, or standing stone. It's it's, it's they're they're really good at doing the books. Yeah. But they're not that great at making their own stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the off screen stuff, the North Downs Forachel, you know, I mean, they're all a bit a bit MMOE. You know, once they don't have the, the utter Bible of the Lord of the Rings to, to meticulously follow, because they do do a very good job of that. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting to the Great River and then heading down south to Rohan that way, because we're back on the trail of the Fellowship at that point. And then, yeah, all sorts of stuff down in Minas Tirith, and lots, just, I, so much more to see. I don't think we're even halfway there yet, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, 
I want to, I want to get through it all, but trying to box set binge an MMO yeah. is 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 just a really, insane. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, this, I unhealthy. This is, well, this is pro- probably my the problems we have with Secret World Legends is the was that I want to read this. I want to take part in this story. So effectively, I wanted to consume the Secret World Legends as if it were like six episodes of a TV show. And it absolutely isn't. It's 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 a hundred and fifty hours plus of of you know watching the little clocks cooling down. Yeah. And every so often, here's a bit of story, you know. So yeah, I think just because I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan anyway, that's helping. But trying to to do an MMO as a as a as a single piece of content. Say, I want to experience the entire world of Warcraft. Let's go and do that now. You know. <laughs> How stupid is that an idea? But I, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I've started off with this. Let's let's throw that sunk cost in there as yeah, well. You know, yeah. let's do it. Now I'm I'm, I'm enjoying Lotro, but I could, I'm not sure I'd recommend it to anyone else. This is you know personal reasons. <laughs> I think. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much. My, I was going to talk about a whole other game as well, but we're running out of time. Yeah. So I was going to talk about the same game as well. But yeah, yeah. Well, we'll save that for next time. Then, I yeah, or we could say they've just got a bit better graphics than before. Yeah, all right. Uh, Red Faction, Guerrilla, Remastered. Yeah, yeah. So basically, it's a re-release of Red Red Faction Guerrilla that I seem to have got given for free. Yeah, you get it for free on PC. If you'd, if you'd bought it on Steam, if you bought Red Faction Guerrilla on Steam, then you'll find that you've probably got the remastered version for free as well. Check your inventory. So I downloaded it, had a go. Yeah. Um, it's the same game, and we've talked about it lots on previous yeah. shows. It's a very good game, but very hard. It's a bit quirky, hit and miss kind of thing. But somebody, and I don't know who, because I thought THQ went out of business. It's some other company who's got the rights to it. Oh, Keiko uh, or something? Yeah, um, basically THQ is back. It, it, THQ Nordic. Yeah, everything got sold off and then re-bought round and sold to this other company and bought back in. And now most of the properties are on real I don't think it's anything to do with Volition, because no. I'm not sure they even exist anymore. No, but, I don't think they do. But yeah, basically somebody, uh, presumably legally as well, this isn't just a play oh, yeah, mod, no, it, is, it yeah. has gone through and tidied up the graphics in Red Faction and brought it much more forward. Presumably they've done lots of 64-bit integration parts. No, it looks, it's still 32-bit, I think. Okay. But yeah, uh, the graphics are slightly better. The game is unchanged. Yeah, yeah. So probably not worth getting if you already own Red Faction and didn't like yeah, it. Yeah, if you're on console... Mm. It's it's, probably, there's nothing vastly... I think the yeah. graphics are sharp. We've got some video somewhere. But but um, yeah, yeah. But if, as, as a freebie, then yeah, it seems good. Yeah. like it. So I'm starting to play through that again. Can yeah, I'll yeah. probably talk more about that. On I've got as far as Dust. Yeah, I just, just also got into dust now. I've got a map and I've started crossing off all the collectibles on the map. Oh, okay. So that I know dedicated. I'm not going to miss them because I've always wanted to get all the collectibles. Oh, but there's okay. no mechanism in game because it's an older game. So. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I'm still getting grips with you know the explosives and the hammer and yeah. stuff. And how useless the guns are! Don't use the guns. The guns are useless. Oh, just no. run in and hit them with the hammer. That insta kills. I'm quite good at the guns. Oh, I don't know. I'm they're shooting people. They seem to the head. Shooter. Uh, yeah, but it's just you know there's like bullet sponges and you're not sure yeah. you get no feedback. You Aim for the head or failing the pipe running above the head. <laughs> hydrogen <laughs> canisters out of it, yeah. But yeah, so I guess it'll breathe a new lease of life into it, but it is essentially the same game. Do I, does the remastered thing have the that all that DLC where you're the Marauder woman? I remember there was I some bonus. I don't I, know. I need to check. It's got the multiplayer. Yeah, the Wait, Wrecking the mo- Crew stuff. Yeah, the Wrecking Crew sounds fantastic. Mm. Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, yeah. what did you learn this week? I learned that um, if people could stop running planes over my house, it'd be really nice. I don't even know why. I got the Red Arrows and a Spitfire today, and it wasn't related to any of the air shows around here, as far as I can tell. Mm. And I learned that 
England. Oh, here we go. Football. I learned that England are better than they used, a lot better than they used to be in the past, but not as good as people were hoping or something. I don't know. Viva France. Yeah, I, I accidentally watched the, the England Croatia game because yeah, my mum was around and she's quite into the football. So, and and I think it was just funny watching her really rather yeah. than the football. She's really getting into it. But um, yes, yeah, so I, yes, I, I learned. I'm still not interested in football yeah. to be honest. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they all just running around? Why don't someone pick it up and just put it in that net thing? Anyway, um, do a spill. Go to hellamoutoftime.com for all our previous stuff, all the old podcasts. Uh, listen to the podcast version of this if you don't want to see our faces. Watch the video version of this if you do. Uh, and Watch the video version with the sound off if you don't like our voices. Yeah, that's a clever idea, that. Yeah, see, yeah. got all bases covered. Uh, you can also catch Tim's latest week along the southwest yeah. coast path. Yep. Uh, when this goes out, Tim will have just died in a massive mishap on top of a cliff oh wow a, that, that was with a, a tent that was fantastic yeah. i did actually die yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not actually here i'm an apparition yeah. uh and join us next time when we'll be playing uh, talk about what we've been playing again mm. see you next time goodbye